Hey there, I'm Wendy Vaughn, sales success coach and the queen of compassion-based selling. Because, well, selling is all about supporting, not convincing. And I am so glad that you've tuned in to today's episode of the Selling Made Easy Show. Because this show is all about inspiration, not just in learning a simple technique or mindset shift that makes it easier to get clients, but inspiration that happens as we get to peer through the lens of guest entrepreneurs who are blazing their own trails. And those trails have probably included a few unexpected roadblocks, maybe even having to overcome fears or blocks about selling. Now, I believe everyone has their zone of genius, their superpower that's a gift to others, including you. Now, for me, after, well, 22 years of outperforming my peers in sales results, well, it's almost an x-ray vision that I have when it comes to finding and fixing any sales blind spots within entrepreneurs that are unknowingly causing potential clients to slip away. And with today's guest, his zone of genius is his ability to support others to experience their own success by stepping outside of their comfort zone so that they can actually see that they can do more than they've ever given themselves credit for. So I am super excited to introduce Joe Van Hackey. Now, for over 20 years, Joe has studied, performed, and coached improv. As the chief of inspiration at Inspire Me, Mr. V, Joe brings improv into business, education, and one-on-one -on -one coaching. Now, anyone can learn the improv skills that help us to be better communicators, better collaborators, and stronger leaders. Start living a yes and life while surrounded by yeah but people is one of joe's favorite sayings well welcome joe i am so excited to have you as my guest today well thank you wendy i'm i'm honored to be here yeah and you know i just love how you're helping people really tune in to their own creative side to become better communicators i can't wait to hear more about this and the work you're now doing i'm i'm excited to talk about it all right. And, you know, Joe, always top of my question for me is, well, exactly what was the inspiration or tipping point that prompted you to start your own coaching practice? Well, thank you for asking. After uh, almost 20 years in the business, I went and became a teacher and I taught for 10 years. But in the back of my mind, I always had this dream of finding a way to perform, coach and just teach improv, improv and all the skills that we learn as improvisers to other people, that would be the big dream. Mm -hmm. I hit a point as a teacher that the dream was so loud, but I couldn't balance full-time teaching and trying to build my own business at the same time. So I took a, a leap of faith and stepped out and walked away from teaching for a while to start this adventure that I'm on at the moment. Nice. Nice. I love that. You just really leaned into those little voices that became, it sounds like really loud voices. And although making a difference as a teacher, you know, you could rely on your improv skills there, but it sounds like really, uh, you know, sharing that gift, that ability to lean into that, that's within, I think you're saying within each of us, which I'm really curious about that. So, yeah. So I love how you really followed your heart. That takes a lot of courage. Um, especially when you're stepping out of a career that is 
for the most part, very solid, stable, you know, has that steady paycheck. <laughs> so, so how long have you had your own coaching practice and, you know, has your business mission or vision evolved over the course of that time? Sure. It's been, I've been going for three, maybe three and a half years now. I actually started right before the pandemic. So that's maybe not the best time to uh, start a, a <laughs> an entrepreneur, but I, who knew I didn't have that on my, on my bingo checklist for what's coming in the future. <laughs> right. So well, over yeah. the course of the number of years, initially, I was just thinking I would go do workshops either for businesses, organizations, and maybe educational facilities. Along the line, I inter became introduced to the world of one-on-one -on -one success or life coaching and have seen how I can take my ideas for what my workshops are and then also convert it into a one-on-one -on -one endeavor, whether that's in person or via Zoom or some other streaming technology. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Great. So you started with more of a... Um broad brush stroke because obviously in a workshop you can't go as individualized to the fact that when you are working one-on-one -on -one with somebody you can really lean into what their individual fears and roadblocks are so yeah I personally love that <laughs> that's a lot of the work that I do as well um, so over the course of that time then have there been any big roadblocks or challenges that you've had to overcome the challenge I often overcome is using the word improv. And I get recommendations from half of my friends that and associates that say, oh, you should use improv. That's the big buzzword in business now. And then I turn around the next day and the other half are saying, don't use improv because it scares people. So <laughs> oftentimes I have to figure out how can I deliver my message of we're going to be doing some improv activities, either one-on-one -on -one or in a group workshop. Mm-hmm. I create a safe environment. And so making sure that people understand this is what we're getting and Joe's going to take care of us. I'm not out to make a fool out of anybody. I'm not mm. out to put pressure on of you have to be funny because mm. a lot of people feel they hear the word improv and they mm -hmm. immediately think, oh, I'm either going to be a, the butt of a joke or I'm going to be asked to make a joke. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's what we think of as improv because that's what we see on TV or out of the clubs. Right. But improv is so much more than that. Right. Yeah. Just coming over, overcoming that preconceived idea of what that word means. But yet improv so easily describes the process of tuning into more of a creative side versus reading a script. That's what I'm guessing. And exactly. so can you maybe share a, a technique that you have used to maybe get over the 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 word barrier and and <laughs> how you're working around the fact that those people sometimes have preconceived ideas that put them into a fear mode uh it sounds like you already sort of explained this in terms of you just add some explanation but can you provide some insights around how you've addressed this why sure wendy uh in the beginning of my workshops i i address it right away of like i know I, I'm, we're going to do some improv and i i, I ally those fears right away by saying I'm not asking you to be funny. You're not going to be made fun of. We're all in this together. And I just want you to trust the process. Mm -hmm. And then we go into an activity that I like to start off with, especially with when I feel the group is super hesitant, called the story of your name. And I get people just telling the story of their name. And sometimes they make up a story, which is perfectly acceptable. However, oftentimes, as, as the uh, activity progresses, 
everybody has a story for their name. And that starts building connections. And then after each activity, we take time to debrief or reflect what's happening. What are we feeling inside? What's going on in our brain? What do we notice happening between us? I've worked with groups before that have their team was established and they've been established for five, 10 years. Even out of just that, suddenly they're, they're connect, they feel stronger connections to their, their fellow workers. Mm, right. Yeah. Well, that is a, a nice uh, sidebar benefits is that team building aspect of it. So yeah, it's, it sounds like you really do a lot of intentional things to create that safe space. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. And um, you know, obviously you are an expert at helping people become really confident and effective communicators and leaders through this approach. But I'm curious, Joe, how do you feel about the client enrollment or, you know, the sales part of being in business? Uh, this might seem like a, a very different skill set. Uh, do you have any challenges or frustrations with this important part of growing a successful business? It's ironic because I teach, let's go out and be ourselves and become better communicators and better collaborators. Yet that seems to be sometimes my struggle is meeting the right people that understand what I'm bringing to the table, mm. as well as helping them see the value of either participating in a coaching relationship or coming in and doing a workshop or a series of workshops for their industry. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Just conveying the value of, of the work that you do to those um, organizations, right. That the leaders are a big part of, and uh, obviously that's, that's kind of the container where you're fine, where you're going to find those leaders, but then they're kind of concealed within there because <laughs> you might be working. It sounds like with a decision maker who is not necessarily one of the leaders. So more of a, on a corporate level, is that correct? That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Cause obviously you can approach people through LinkedIn directly uh, for the one-on-one -on -one support mm -hmm. um, in terms of those leadership positions, you know, the C-suite, the V-suite, I noticed that you are a, so those kind of direct uh, reach outs. And that's a tricky thing right there. But given the scope of our conversation here, sounds like you're more interested in, in just really how to convey the value to a decision maker or how to identify who the decision maker is. Just clarify for me, if you would. Sure. I'm going to go with how to identify who the decision maker is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to provide you with some insight around that if you'd like. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. So, and reaching out to corporations, usually you're met with a, uh, you know, an executive assistant or somebody who is guarding the calendar <laughs> and accessibility of typically your decision maker, right? Because their time is so valuable and they need to know that who lands on their calendar is actually somebody that is bringing value that they specifically want to focus on. So the first layer is in talking with these executive assistants and they actually can be quite uh, a benefit in identifying who the actual decision maker is. And um, during the time that I was within the corporate world, a lot of my colleagues did not really appreciate 
the role of the executive assistant. But for me, I embrace them. I mean, because for me, there's somebody on the inside that I can speak with. And if you approach them with respect, honor, appreciation, gratitude, um, just like you would anybody else, instead of somebody you've got to get through Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or somebody who's a barrier or a pain, if you approach that person in a way that is just a pure respect, they actually can be quite a uh, uh, support to you um, and providing direction. So for instance, if you reach out to uh, the chief operations officer, you will no doubt reach his or her executive assistant and presenting her with exactly what the benefits are to the organization of what you're wanting to talk about. And then just simply asking her, it seems to me like Mr. Smith, the chief operations officer would be the best person for me to reach out to, but then each organization is different. So can you assist me in finding, you know, and directing me to the best person that has a decision-making authority over supporting the leadership teams with their communication or their leadership skills, that kind of thing. And so if you have a different, more thorough explanation that she can easily understand, then nine times out of 10, that person will support you in, in demystifying who that decision maker is. And at least you have a next step to go to. And then when you call that next person, you say, well, Melinda, uh, over in the um, executive suite said, I should reach out to you. So I'm just checking to make sure that you are uh, you're really the point person I need to speak with. And then, so there you start the conversation again. So it's a bit of a Rubik's cube or a mystery, but <laughs> it, it helps to actually be prepared to speak more to uh, the specific value of the work that you're providing versus talking about it in terms of terms that they wouldn't immediately understand. And then they can, uh, more easily direct you to the right person. So does that resonate at all for you? Oh, very much so. <laughs> kind of Thank a long-winded you. answer, but uh, I know the intricacies of corporations. So so that does resonate. It it does. And I took I took copious notes and I can come back and listen in the future. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, because there is no easy answer. Each organization, each corporation is structured a little bit differently based on the size of the corporation and you know, they might have a, a person that's specifically over um, internal training, you know, uh, that handles that, but you wouldn't necessarily know until you simply ask that question of somebody who's willing to share a little information. So, so yeah, hopefully, uh, please provide me with some feedback and let me know how that uh, works out, you know, in real, in the real life. I always, oh, certainly. yeah. So, and, you know, it's interesting to me, Joe, and thinking about corporations and employers and leaders, this kind of thing, you know, we're rolling off of the pandemic. Well, I mean, it's clearly in the rear view mirror, but it's, it had quite an impact on that whole leadership role and how to lead teams through zoom, you know, when the workforce is now remote and all that, we're out of that and back to somewhat of a new normal, but there's still a, a huge portion of the workforce that is still working remotely and leadership is different, you know, in terms of how they're having to 
step in and communicate. So I'm curious, you know, what, what impact has the pandemic had on, on the work that you do? Wendy, that's a great question. And I'll be honest, initially, when things shut down and I realized we weren't going in person, I thought I was crushed. And that mm. was the end. Yeah. That first summer of the pandemic, uh, I really spent a lot of time working on myself, doing a lot more reading and research into the process and the art of improvisation and taking time to do some workshops on Zoom, taking workshops from uh, people nationally that I had heard of, but probably would have never had met. And I realized and learned the work that I can do, it's a different experience, but we can still do it via Zoom. In person or in Zoom are, are services that I offer. The experience is slightly different. The learning process is roughly the same. And what I've learned is it's it's a little more challenging sometimes to make those connections via right. Zoom. Yeah. However, especially as for leaders, those connections are super important or people that are reading, reaching out to their clients. Even if it's over Zoom, we still need to make that human connection and have that togetherness so we can work together to achieve a, a similar goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it became a, a significant barrier to take that in-person energy and try to convey that through a, a webcam. <laughs> you know, exactly. Somebody might be multitasking and have a whole different screen up or who knows, we're, we're hoping not, but it does present a lot of challenges. So I would think that being more tuned into, okay, how can I be creative? How can I tap into something that's more energized versus by rote? You know, it's, it just seems to me like that energy um, of improvisation really serves leaders in those kind of capacities. So, well, Joe, you know, how do you work with people, leaders, individuals, those who, who do want to up-level their communication and their leadership skills by utilizing the art of improv? Can you share a few more details uh, about your philosophy or your approach? Why, sure, Wendy. My approach, first of all, is anybody can learn these skills that professional improvisers use, even if they don't want to set foot on stage ever in their life. It's a process where we learn how to slow down so we listen and can be seen and heard while we're also seeing and hearing at the same time. Mm. I have packages, coaching packages for uh, three-month packages, six-month or a year for one-on-one -on -one individuals that we would meet either via Zoom or in person here in the mid-Iowa region. I also provide corporate workshops for people up to 25, where we get to spend a half an hour, or I'm sorry, about 90 minutes, half a day, or even a full day together, running some of these activities, but taking time to debrief and reflect on that. It's often, I like I liken it to going to the gym in that we're working our brain muscle and our communication muscles. Mm -hmm. So it is a process to make that complete transformation on how we communicate with each other. However, it's been very effective and I have great feedback from everybody that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like it's a really, um, like I said, it, it connects a person with their authentic authenticity so that they can probably have a lot more confidence as well. Even though the idea of, of going into improv might at first trigger somebody into, oh my God, I don't, you know, I can't, whatever, but the ultimate outcome is that that person actually is a lot more confident 
100%. Exactly. Yeah. We build yeah. confidence. We build um, trust in being vulnerable and authentic and bringing mm -hmm. our, our actual self every day. Mm -hmm. It really helps determine how we show up. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Well, how can listeners learn more about you and this great work that you're doing? Great. Thanks, Wendy. They can find my website at inspirememrv.com. And Mr. is just MR. So once again, inspirememrv.com. I'm also out there on LinkedIn at Joe Van Hackey or on Facebook, either Inspire Me Mr. V on Facebook or Joe Van Hackey on Facebook. Okay, perfect. All right. So that's inspire me, Mr. V. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> com. Inspire me. And then Mr. is M MR, no period and no written out, just MRV. Okay. That's correct. All right. As well as following you on LinkedIn and Facebook. All right. Terrific. Well, uh, you know, Joe, you have already shared so many golden nuggets of wisdom here through our conversation. But if, if I could tap on you one last time, Sure. Um, in looking at your own experience in building your business, what's some advice that you can share with, say, a frustrated entrepreneur who's maybe questioning their decision to have even started their own business or you know, they're doubting their ability to succeed? Thanks, Winnie. That's a great question. I've got a number of ideas going through my mind. I'm going to go with this one. It's okay to ask for help. Mm. It's so vulnerable for us to be able to ask for help, especially as adults, especially as adults that have been in the workforce for a number of years and are stepping foot into what we think is something new or something that we're used to, but yet is still completely new. And the more specific that you can be with your ask, the easier it is for the people that you're talking to, to help you out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it is one of those traits, I think, that does serve entrepreneurs and that they are independent thinkers, right? But then it also comes back to bite us. In that we think, <laughs> oh, I should be able to figure this out. You know, I'm independent. I shouldn't have to ask for help. So I love that. Yeah, to just, it's okay. Yeah, ask for some help because we aren't born with these skills. Nobody's given this golden box of, uh, here it is, how to build a business. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's a little bit different in terms of what they're bringing into the arena. So yeah, I love that. Well, Joe, it's just been so great hearing about your journey from your early years as a teacher, following your career in improv, right? I think you said 20 years of yes. being in the business of improv and then dovetailing into another decade as being a teacher, but still having this burning, churning kind of unquenched desire to get back into the improv scene and, and really empower others with those, those skills. Like you said, everybody has the ability, which I, I find really refreshing. And now to this impactful work that you're doing as the chief of inspiration at Inspire Me, Mr. V, where you're helping people learn those improv skills to become better communicators, better collaborators and stronger leaders. So I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. Wendy, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure talking with you and looking forward to the future for both of us. Nice. Yes, me as well. And again, for our listeners, you can reach Joe Van Hackey at inspirememrv.com or through LinkedIn and Facebook. And be sure to look in the show notes for those hyperlinks.
All right. Well, for all our listeners, remember, when it comes to building a business that brings you joy and has an endless flow of high-paying clients, well, don't overlook the power of what I call compassionate selling, where you've fully supported your potential client's decision-making process by providing them with everything they need to feel confident and excited about saying, yeah, this sounds great. So are you 100% confident that you're fully supporting your potential clients? Well, if you're curious, reach out to me and apply for a sales blind spot coaching session. You may be surprised by what we discover. Well, this is Wendy Vaughn, Chief Paradigm Shifter and Sales Success Coach. And you can find me and our next podcast episode at PredictableSalesResults.com. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to today's episode with Joe Van Hackey. And as always, here's to your success.